Good evening, everybody. Hey, if you're out there still in the foyer, why don't you head on in, grab a seat. It's uh, so good to be with you guys again, so welcome. If this is your first time here, a special welcome to you. Um, you're getting in just under the wire to make the four classes that you need to to make. You just have to show up for the next four weeks. A couple of things, uh, just housekeeping things. Throughout the night, the computers out front are going to serve different purposes. So obviously when you got here, they were to sign you in to check you in so you could say if you did your homework or not. If you forgot to check in at the computer, um, you're not going to be receiving credit for this class. So make sure that you find me and make sure that you check in on the computer prior to leaving tonight in order to receive credit since you're here, okay? You'll just uh, write your name and then say if you did the homework or not. But the computers are also going to be designated to, um, number one, we have a, a, another class this Saturday. It's a Bible reading methods class. It's an intensive. Um, so you are also invited, of course, to join that. It's from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And even if you are like, oh, I know how to read the Bible. I read it every day. Still come because you will glean things from this class, I promise you. Um, it's going to be amazing. So if you haven't signed up for that yet and you want to, you can buy the book tonight and you can get signed up during the break or afterwards. Also, I am so excited. We're going to be passing out a couple of flyers to you after the break. But we have two um, retreat trip type things coming up over the next uh, winter quarter that I'm excited to tell you about. So one of those which you've always uh, obviously have heard about is the South Africa trip. We've locked in the dates for that. We are, uh, are looking at buying the plane tickets right now. There's a lot, though, that's going to be happening very quickly with that. So if you are planning on going to South Africa, you're going to have an opportunity to sign up during the break tonight or afterwards. You'll also have the opportunity to do that online. The trip, though, is going to be unreal. It's going to be with, with Jared. It's going to be partnering with his ministry there in South Africa. And um, you guys being in this class you're like just ripe fruit to be going on this trip. It's going to be perfect. We get to go and we get to partner with him for several hours a day doing school ministry, seeing hundreds of people literally every day getting saved. So it's something that you definitely, if you can make the time for it and have the money for it or can raise the support, you definitely want to be a part of it. The big question I'm sure for most of you guys is how much is the trip going to cost? It's about $2,300, which covers everything for the trip. Everything's included within that price. Um, and so if you... Um, if you are interested in being a part of that, again, you can sign up tonight, but you can also sign up online. The other trip is that we're going to be opening up the Jesus Culture Conference in Sacramento to School of Ministry, for which you can receive two credits if you want to come and be a part of that. The cost of that includes everything except for two meals and is $250. So that includes the conference ticket and includes the lodging and includes um, three meals, transportation, um, and it is, for anybody who's gone, we, we used to take students, and students are going to be part of this trip again. But if you've ever been to a Jesus Culture Conference um, or at something like it, it is a very life-changing experience. It's just a, it's a different atmosphere, and it's one that you definitely want to be able to be a part of. And so you can start to sign up for that tonight as well. Like I said, the computers are going to be going to many different things. So just look for the labels above the computers. It'll tell you which each computer is used for, Okay. As we get started here, I just want to share a story, a quick story, because on the first week I had brought out this quote from Bonke. He's talked about doing ministry, doing evangelism in new ways, not just repeating old methods, but, but you know, letting yourself also explore with the Lord. Is there something else that you might be leading me into? Is there another way to evangelize that you might be creatively inspiring me to do? And I just want to share one story 
to kind of give you, uh, if, if you're still wondering, what could that look like? It could look like this. Two weeks ago, we received a package at my house. It was to uh, a, a neighbor a couple of doors down. I didn't know this person, but I decided that I was going to walk the package down to their door. And so I started to do that. And as I was going, I said, you know what, God, this actually kind of seems like a divine moment. Because I felt for a long time like God is wanting me to reach out to my neighbors, to minister to them. And so I I had the opportunity. I could have just taken the package, left it on the doorstep for the lady, gone back to my house. She would have gotten it in the morning. And I thought, no, I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm going to take advantage of this. So I I go up there and I knock and she comes to the door. I said, hey, I'm your neighbor from a couple doors down. I have this package for you. And uh, it was delivered to our house by mistake, but... I wanted to give it to you in case you needed it right away, so here you go. And I got to begin to establish a relationship with this lady named Kathy. And um, I don't know what that's going to end up turning into, but now I know that we have a, I have an open invitation, basically, to come knocking on her door again and hand her a flyer for our Christmas Eve services. And so that's one small way that you guys can be creative with the Lord and just take those little leadings as you're going through this class in some of the most unique ways, like redelivering your your neighbor's mail to them. So look for opportunities like that because they're all over the place and they're waiting for us to discover them. Let's pray as we get started. Spirit of God, we welcome you tonight. Might our hearts be open to you. And Jesus, we have to do this with you. We don't want to do it alone. We don't want to come to this class without you. You are present here. You've been preparing this place with your presence. And so as we walk in, God, we just walk into a place where you are already at. You um, are dwelling within us, and, and you're also here in this room. You're present. And so, Jesus, would you open us to the reality of that? Because you have a message for us tonight that you want to impart onto us. You have something that you want to encourage us with. You have something that you want to challenge us with. And so, God, would our hearts just be open to you, to receiving from you tonight, the message that you have for us. Encourage us, empower us, and equip us. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and draw your attention to the screen. I was thinking about just um, the power source. Randy, you had to enjoy that, being an Edison boy. I'm sure you were enjoying, but every time you look at a a power source like that, um, I want you to think of yourself, whether you're that conductor or if you're dead, you know, are you giving life? Are you giving warmth? Um, got a couple stools coming up. What I want to do, we're going to take just a couple minutes, and we want to talk about, I was writing in the dark. I don't know how many of you were, but I was sitting there for a few minutes, I think when they were just showing part of um, the beauty of Africa and just thinking how, look at you, Jared. Yeah, and you could tell how, how much Reinhardt obviously loves um, loves that place. But I was thinking... We can sit there, and I was just meditating. It was so beautiful. I mean, the music and the scenery, and you're just like, and I thought to myself, every day I have three choices with every minute of my life. Every choice, every minute of my life. I can either learn, I can rest, or I can waste. And my life was really about those three things. I mean, every minute, every heartbeat, I'm either going to be learning something, I'm going to be resting, I'm going to be wasting. And I think a lot of us have maybe wasted more time of our life than we want. 
And I want to take a few minutes um, because I think why we're here, most of us, is because we want to we want to learn tools for evangelism. I think you're here because you know evangelism is something that we're called to do, sharing our faith, our story, our faith story. But some of us just don't know how. And I want to actually give you a few notes to take. So get your pens out because I think these are really good. And then we're going to do a little role playing and I'm going to call on somebody. So I don't know yet who that's going to be. I'm kind of looking who I'm going to pick. But I want to share with you first six reasons why I share my salvation story. Six reasons why I believe we are to share our story. The first one is just flat out Jesus told us to. Number one, you know, he told us in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and if you read your book on page 110, Bonky talks about that. Reinhardt tells us that that word is actually, he orders us to do that. I mean, you know, we can choose to or not to, and it really is up to us, but it is a command. And the very last words, which were the most important words, if you have one last thing you're going to say to somebody, it's probably what is the biggest thing on your heart the most pressing thing on your heart, if you could say one thing, one last thing to somebody you loved, what would be the last thing? It must have been pretty pressing for him to say, go, go. It's my heartbeat, and I want you to go. So first of all, the reason we share our faith story, the reason it's important is first because Jesus said so. Number two, it's because we love and we care about people. You know, a couple of verses that really hit me in Galatians 5.22, it lists the fruit of the Spirit, and the first one's love. I mean, if we can't be people of love, and some of us have become numb to love, and we've been hurt, and I think we need to open up the heart of love because he commands us to. And obviously, we all know John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Where, where is the love that when you do see someone lost, the first thing you think is they're going to spend eternity separated from God? I mean, is that even on your radar? You know, people that have a heart for evangelism or people that have a heart to see people, they go there in their mind. You know, you, I know this. I know Bonky does. I know Jared does because it's their heart. They think it. But many of us need that heart to be resurrected. It needs to be quickened. It needs to be birthed again because we've lost some of that love. Number three, I love this one because we're told that we are wise. I love this verse. It tells us in Proverbs eleven thirtieth, he who wins souls is wise. So you are wise in God's eyes to share your faith. You're wise in God's eyes. Number four, to save them from hell. There is a literal hell and your faith story. You get to be, remember, I mean, we get to be that wire. It is God who saves them, but we get to be the instrument and the tool. And I just can't wait, honestly, when I'm in heaven, to be able to have somebody say to me, it was your message, because you cared, you told me, you were strong enough to tell me, you didn't judge me, you walked me through the plan of salvation or your story, you were real and you were raw and you were honest. Can you imagine how that's going to be in eternity? There is a literal hell, and many of us have lost touch with that. The message has become so soft in America, because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to think about it. You know, in our church, we don't talk about, or in our world, we don't talk about religion or politics. Those are private things. Who made them private? A world that doesn't want to hear about the claims of Christ. And there is a real literal hell that some will go to and some we even know and love will go. And that is the reality. Number five, the coolest part is because you get to talk about God. 
And we're going to talk about that in a minute, just dropping just the God, just that what he's done for you and the simplicity of what God has done for you. You get to have a God story. And number six, um, oh, that's yeah, number six. I love this one. The Bible tells us that the angels throw a party every time somebody comes to faith in Christ. So heaven is dancing every time we get to lead somebody to Christ. So the Bible walks through and tells us why we need to share our faith. And I think you're here because you probably know you need to. Maybe you don't know how to. Again, which we're going to role model. But I do want to give you just a couple reasons why I don't think we share our faith. And I've grown up in the church. Um, I, I learned from a very young age how to share my faith. It was just something that that's one thing I believe my parents really did well, train up a child on the way they shall go. And I learned at a very young age how to share my faith. That might be why I'm comfortable. It might be that I have the gift of evangelism. I believe I actually probably have that spiritual gift because it's easy for me to talk to people about my faith. But you know what? Whether it's easy or not for you, you were commanded to do it. So you, you don't get an out because you don't have that spiritual gift, okay? Um, you know, some people, there are some spiritual gifts that we just don't have, but that we don't have an out to not behave and act that way. So here's one of the reasons I think we struggle with not sharing our faith is fear. We really fear rejection, don't we? Are we fear, fear embarrassment? What if they ask me something? What if I don't know? What if they label me a Jesus freak? What if I get into this and it's just really uncomfortable? So I really believe that's, it's a lie of the enemy and fear. And the minute you feel, I want to say to you, the minute you feel fearful, you look to Satan and say, you are a liar. Get behind me. Watch this. I love to do that to him. You know, when he comes, I was walking the other day and I was having all kinds of stinking thinking thoughts and I realized it and I go, uh, 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 watch me. And I turn my music up and I'm praising, walking up Serrano, just having a battle with the enemy going, you ain't winning. You ain't, you're not winning because the minute, that's why the Bible says, take every thought captive. So the minute you realize you're having that thought where it's coming from, your battle is not with the guy you're afraid to talk to or the woman you're afraid to share. Your battle is with the enemy who's trying to keep you from sharing. And so when you realize where the warfare is, you say to him, watch me. And even if you just have one or two lines that you just drop little seeds and that's where you're comfortable until you're ready for the next one. But realize that fear is from the enemy. Number two, ignorance. Ignorance because we don't know what to say. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Many of you have said to me, I just don't know how to share my faith. Well, let's learn. And that's why you're here. Because again, that's a lie from the enemy. Number three, I believe pride. Now there are people, and I tell you, before God, how many people have said to Pastor Phil and I, I know Jared has heard it, other people, you're going to hear it, Drew. Well, isn't that the preacher's job? You know, isn't that the youth pastor's job? Isn't that the missionary's job? Here's a good one. Isn't that what we pay you for? How many times have we heard that in our ministry? You know, we'll go to dinner with someone and we'll, get, we'll go to pray. And here's what somebody will say, preacher, you pray. That's what we pay you for. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. Same thing about evangelism. You know, that's what you're called to do. I'll bring my friends. Remember I told you last week, that's God's plan B. You're his plan A. Okay, so you have to learn I'm God's plan A. He wants to speak through me. I get to share the message. That's why it's called good news. So I really think pride. I think we have a sense of pride where we don't, don't think I have to do that or that I don't have to, or should have to do that. Number four, I believe, is apathy. And this is the one that really hits me the hardest because I think we don't care. We really have lost that edge of looking into the eyes of someone, knowing 
that they are separated from a holy God and they will spend eternity in hell. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to think about that. It's not politically correct. It's not on our radar. But yet again, it's, it's really a ploy of the enemy. Um, there's, a, there's a couple really good verses here. I love this um, in Revelation 2. It says that they don't, um, if they don't lie like this, I wrote this down. If you don't let your little light shine, your, your candlestick will go out. If we as a church don't do something, you know, this little light of mine, in Matthew it talks about lighting that candle. I believe the candlestick has gone out in the church. I believe that we are a Laodicean day where people don't have a burning. I mean, when you are weeping all night over the lost, and I've been there before, not as often as I want. When I look, there's times where I'm meditating or I'm praying and I see the faces of people that I know don't know God. And it will bring me because I know there's a literal hell that they'll go. But this isn't something we want to talk about. You know, this isn't something we want to address because it's not comfortable. And then this one's probably the hardest one, bad theology. We don't share because of bad theology. And I think it because many of us don't believe there's a literal hell. I do. I think a lot of Christians don't believe there's a literal hell or your theology is um, that of election, meaning that if you believe in election, you believe certain will be, people will be saved and certain people won't, and that's up to God anyway, so why do I need to witness? Because God will get the ones saved he wants saved. So why would he use me, right? So I believe those are some things keeping us, and I want you to think about in your mind right now, out of those, which one do you think you struggle with the most? Okay, I mean, is it that you do fear and you just are afraid of the rejection, which again is probably a, a form of pride, Okay, uh, ignorance. Is it hot in here? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Or my coffee, or my okay. Um, uh, pride, um, apathy, and maybe ask yourself if you're apathetic. I mean, I mean, I want you to think right now. I'm just gonna pray. God, turn on the air. But okay, second, just bow with me a minute. God, I just want to ask right now in Jesus' name, right now, Holy Spirit, would you just lay on our heart right now someone who doesn't know you? Every person in this room right now, God, would you just put on our minds someone that we know does not know you? It could be a neighbor. It could be a colleague. It could be a, a peer that we have. It could be a child, a parent. God, would you lay someone on our heart right now? And this isn't for guilt. This, isn't, this is for burden, God. God, this is for burden. And, and my prayer, God, is just that we would be a church that would be real and raw and honest and we would really love and care about our community. And God, until we have that burning desire to know that there are people who are separated from you right now for eternity, and we could be the key that could unlock the door. We could be the mouthpiece. We could be the voice, God. And I just want to, God, I'm just going to ask if, if you just would do me and answer this prayer. God, would you just radically rock everyone in this room to where they could not sleep tonight? Yeah, just rock them, God until we are burdened enough about people that don't know you. And I, God, I mean that from the purest of heart because, God, I believe that we're a people that love you and we're here because we love you. But, God, help us to know how to share our faith and then let us take the steps to open our mouth and to say the things we need to say. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to call on somebody right now. Devin. Come up here, Devin. 
Okay, so um, last week we were sharing our testimony. Do you remember that? Last week? And so I saw kind of somebody hiding at the desk out there. I won't mention his name, Brad. Um, <laughs> you know, when everybody was supposed to be in here, I said, come on, we're going to do our testimony. And he goes, well, I don't really know how to do the test. I have one, but I don't know how to say it. Right, Brad? Now he's nine shades of red. And, and so here's what we're going to do, just for a minute here. And so I, I said, well, just what happened? I mean, do, I'm going to share his just sort of set you up. And I said, do you know that you know God? And he said, yeah. And I said, when do you know that happened? And he began to share with me, actually, it was at Jesus Culture last year. And it was, did you say it was um, Reinhardt that was preaching, Brad? I mean, how can you not get saved if you literally see this guy preaching? And he said, there was something in me that just drew me forward. And I realized that I need to give my life to God. Okay, so he's telling me his testimony and how then everything was different and he went out witnessing and everything. So he was telling me a testimony from Christian to Christian because he was using Christianese. There's all kinds of languages out there and most of our friends don't know the foreign language of Christianese. Okay, do, do you follow me on that? I mean the whole, you know, you know, give me your salvation experience. And they're thinking, what is that? You know, right, there's certain words we use as Christians that are born again. I mean, even though it's biblical, they don't know what that means. So we have to find a way. So what I said to Brad was then, okay, you gave me your Christian to Christian. Now I'm a 16-year-old girl named Pam, and you see me in the lunchroom and we're talking. And she says to you, or I say, what are you doing? What are you guys doing this weekend? She goes, oh, I can't be out late Saturday night because I have to go to church. My mom makes me go to church on Sunday. Boom, right there. She's just saying, Mom makes me go to church. And then Brad says something like, yeah, I know. I come from a house like that, too. My whole life I grew up having to go to church. But, you know, the coolest thing happened last year. I went to this conference, and it was just amazing. It's like I just connected with God in the most amazing way. And I'm not really sure everything that happened. I just know my life's really been different since I connected with him. So what else are you doing this weekend? Now, what he just did, he was, a sow, he was sowing seed, right? We've talked about that before. All of us will, some of, some of us will sow seed, some of us will water, and some of us will reap. But you've got to start by just sowing a seed. And you don't have to wait there until you can pull out the four spiritual laws and lead them to Christ, okay? Unless you really feel led to do that. But be okay with just sowing some seed. And what I mean by that, drop a few things and then kind of turn around the other way. Because now what you're doing is you're piquing their interest, and you've laid a foundation where next time you, you might say to her a couple weeks later, hey, Pam, did you have to go to church again Sunday? Did you sleep through it? Man, I used to sleep through church all the time, but now we got this radical pastor. He is just amazing. All right? <laughs> right? And it's really cool. We've got this neat, neat, really youth group and stuff. So anyway, so what do you guys do after the party? Do you see what you're doing? And now you don't become this crazy, nutty person that everybody's running from. Does that make sense? All you're doing is saying a few things to make them think and understand you're safe, that you have had a personal relationship with God, and you're talking their language. And then I guarantee you, if Brad does that for a full semester, the day will come where he'll say to Pam, hey, we're doing this thing up at our church, and you know what? I'd love you to come because, you know, Pam, I've been in your shoes before, and I've known you for like a semester now, and I really think that you might have an interest for the things of God. Have you ever thought about that? Then you can give the question. Does that make sense? You have to build a bridge. You have to build a relationship with someone to really have the freedom to ask some questions. All right? So let me ask you a question, Devin. Do you know that there was a time in your life 
that Christ came in and you have a relationship with him. And I don't know. I've never heard your testimony. Um, do you want me to share mm-hmm. part of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I was born in a Christian family and everything, so I always grew up knowing and I kind of believed that there was a God, but I never did anything about it. And I went to a Christian school and I got expelled from a Christian school. And so I went to the public school and then everything kind of went downhill and there just was no God at all in my life. I would deny it if people asked me and stuff. And I moved away from home and bartended and got into the party lifestyle where it was like gangs and stuff. And nobody, it was, God was dead to everybody around me, right? There was no, was never a question. And then um, in January this year, you guys know the Conkins, like Tina, Ron. I, he was one of my close friends and stuff. He was my mentor and stuff, and he died. And at his funeral, um, I saw how, mu- how much passion he had for it and everything, right? Like, I knew he loved Jesus, and he devoted his life to that. And I saw that, and I wanted what he had, you know. He was happy until his dying, till his last dying breath, even though it wasn't fair what happened to him you know like cancer he's why would he get it and why would he not survive it after all these people I hear about and stuff so and so then I just wanted that so and it wasn't easy right afterwards I was pretty depressed for quite a long time I would never leave my room unless I had to work or unless there was a party and um and it still it was very hard after that and it was just the people I was around you know like surrounding myself with those people that went out six days a week and till I started coming out here and visiting here and stuff and I wanted um started Drew was the first person I hung out with here and it was him I started getting on fire for it you know I wanted to be more like Drew because he's cool he's a good guy (laughs) but so he was now he's my new role model and stuff out here and just this church the people here and stuff are just I've been to church my whole life, and it was never like it was boring. It was sleep through church kind of thing, right? Just get it over with. And now I wish there was church every single day of the week because I love coming here. I love getting involved, and mm-hmm. now I like I like the youth. You know, I'm called for. I feel like I'm called for the youth. So. Okay. I'm gonna have to so Devin. You know in your heart that there was a time in your life that you chose to ask Jesus into your life, okay? So the seed is there, and that's what you do with that seed, right? So let me ask you a question. You run into some guys down at the bar, you know, you're hanging out, or you guys are down surfing and you, whatever. Um, how do you walk in there and you talk to somebody about your faith? Have you been able to ever do that? Okay, so let's talk about that. Um, you know, you guys are down surfing, a bunch of guys go surfing, and you go into a restaurant, a restaurant, <laughs> all right, and, um, and you're sitting there, and the waitress comes up, and she says, what are you guys doing, and oh, we surf, and, and she goes, yeah, it was a beautiful, you know, oh, I saw the sunset, it was just beautiful, and then you go, yeah, my father made that, and she's like, what? <laughs> my father, you know, kind of the God who spun the world into existence, and the waves rage, and he even knows you. What is your name again? She goes, Susie, and he goes, and you say, he knows you, Susie, and he loves you. That's it. That's it. That's all you have to do. And what happens is the more you talk about it, the more you want to talk about it. It just is. 
the more that you just, you know, we were at Bible study at, at um, Lori's Wednesday, and I made this comment. I've had like three people email me. I've said, they've said this. All day long, all I do is just go, I receive you. 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 I say that a thousand times through the day. And the more I receive of him, the more I, I mean, it's not like I don't have him, but I can suppress him being the Holy Spirit. The Bible says we can grieve the Holy Spirit. So when we choose to push the Holy Spirit down and grieve him, there's more of me in me than him in me. But when I release him and receive him in my life, I'm living like that light he just talked about, right? Okay, so what I want you to do right now, we're going to take a minute before we take our break, is I want you to think of an environment. Everybody think of an environment right now where you know you're going to be tomorrow. It could be work, school, home. It could be if you, you know, a stay-at-home mom, a neighbor, you're dropping your kid off at school, you're putting up decorations, and you have to run to Hobby Lobby and pick something up. Okay, I think of what your day looks like tomorrow. Okay, I got to run to Costco and get some pods, some coffee pods. So I'm going to have to talk to somebody down there. I want you to think of somewhere you're going tomorrow. Okay, now you have 30 seconds to turn to someone next to you and make up some kind of, I'm going to say to the sales clerk something. I want you to think about what you're going to say. I'm going to say to my boss or my whatever, wherever you're going to be. I want you to think, how can you share your life? It doesn't mean you have to the whole plan of salvation, not that Jesus died for them, not that all of that. What's the seed you can sow tomorrow in your day, in your work environment or wherever you are? Turn to somebody and go. Okay, before we take our break, let me just share this last thing. You know, the Bible tells us to always be prepared to give the defense or give an account for the hope that is in you. I mean, your job is to be prepared. Now, what's going to happen is you have to be, be prepared if somebody turns around and says to you, I've always wondered if there even is a God. And that is a green light, baby. That is a green light for you. And then you say, you know what, there is and I know him. And I would love to introduce him to you. You know what I loved about Bonky? How did he get into that university he wanted to get into? What did he say? How did he get in? Another way, faith, but what? It's someone he knew, connection. It's who he knew. Okay, listen to this. He couldn't get in on his own. It's who he knew. He knew someone who knew the president. You can't get in on your own. It's who you know. It's who you know. And these other people who are friends or colleagues, they're not getting in until they know who you know. And you are the person who knows someone to introduce them to get them in. You with me? There are a whole lot of people trying to get into the university of heaven. And they don't know how to get in. But they know you. And you know how to get them in. Amen? So I want you to think about how to get your friends into the university of heaven. You have to go to the Father, the one who can get them in, and introduce them to the Father. Amen. Okay, babe, break. Okay, we're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back in, and Jared's going to share with us. Thank you. Give Devin a round of applause here. (laughs) 